Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today are my New Year New Me co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Hello, you 2017 ladies. That, yeah. Ladies that were born in 2017? That's a little no, too much. No, Dan. no, That's That's what I was thinking. Like, hey, you 2017 no. newborns. They're only like two days old. Although oh, I commend no. them for their choice in podcast. Nope. I only date ladies that were born in 1985. Literally, I've dated like four girls from 1985. That's a magical year for me. Aren't you married? Shouldn't you not be dating anyone? Well, that was before I was married. Oh, okay. Secret Life of Dan. Getting yes. a glimpse past. Just think, if you had a wine from 1985 right now, it would be good too. Well, some wines. If it was like Sutter Home, like now. Well... No, yeah. I, I like that here we are, the new year. Happy New Year, everyone, to the listenership. And uh, we're just taking some time to reminisce about Dan's taste in women, I guess. About 1985. Yeah, about the what was happening in 1985. That was like Ninja Turtles. My brother Michael was born then as well. It's nice to know that uh, even though we took a nice little long break there to rest and be sick and work on family life, uh, some things don't change. We still have no idea how to start a show appropriately. No. Yeah. So, this hot mess of an episode is brought to you by our lovely sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. You can check them out at playtmg.com and keep an eye on your shelves for their awesome games like Oracle of Delphi, Ponzi Scheme, and Ars Alchema. Now, I've I've seen two of those. Is Ars Alchema out on shelves yet, Dan? I think so. It's a little um, Japanese import game. It's like a little worker placement game. It looks cute. I want to try it. I've seen the other two, though. I see a lot of people playing them. So I need to play some more Oracle of Delphi. But anywho, if you over our long break have forgotten who we are or where to find us, you can do so at facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. You can always shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensicalgamers.com. You can find us on BGG Guild number 2077 or go to guild.nonsensicalgamers.com. That'll take you right there. And you can also find us on lovely places like Twitter and Instagram. So, for our first show of the new year, which will hopefully be much better than 2016, we're going to go over our gaming resolutions from last year, and we're going to chat a little bit about what we've been playing. Dan, you have been playing a whole bunch of stuff over this break. Uh, tell me about one of the games that you've been playing. Fill our listeners in in your activities over the last couple weeks. No, I actually haven't been playing that much, to be honest. I've been sick, and even like over Christmas, like we played one game. and Wow. Yeah, that's it. Everybody's been sick, though. I feel like this has been the most sickly December ever. Yeah. My son was sick for like two weeks, and then he got me sick. My wife, born in 1985, is apparently immune <laughs> to sickness. So it must That's, be that. It's that healthy. year. It's that year. Something about that year. It's, it's a good year. Um, so let's talk about the game we did play on Christmas, because I really liked it. It was called Glux, or Glux, or Gluex. I don't know. It G-L-U dot dot above the u x um, i like when you can't pronounce a name like your third option is always adding an extra syllable to it that doesn't need to be there no like, i mean you always like, try like, it you I mean try it, like, it one way you try it another way and then you add an extra syllable for well some like reason. like glue x it's like deus x there's, or something like you know what no i mean like, way just that that's that pronounced glue x it could be uh correct me if i'm wrong matt wolf but you never know no never well know. deus <laughs> has an e in it and glux does not no, but like, you know, like the, never mind. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to call it Glukes just to piss people off because I don't think it's even called that. It might be Glukes because wouldn't the umlaut stretch the U? I, I don't know. Glukes? Hold on. Yeah. If you want to, I mean, if you want to work your Glukes, do some squats. But if you want to play Gluks, this is how you do it. It might okay? be Glukes. I hope it's Glukes because that's a lot funnier. All right. We're just going to call it Glukes. So, Okay. Glukes. So, this is an abstract game from Queen Games. So, when I think Queen Games, I don't typically think abstract games. And this one is particularly interesting in that it is so simple mechanically, but man, did it crunch my little brain. And Emphasis I, on little brain. Yeah, you can emphasize whatever you want about this, but it was tough. So, in Glukes, basically each player has this bag full of little circle chits. And each of these chits has two sides to it. And on each side is a number of pips. So, there is a 1-6 chip, a 5-2 chip, and a 3-4 chip. So, think of opposite sides of a die. And I think you get eight, 8 of each of those. So, you have 24 chips in total in the bag. And the goal of the game is to, on the board, there are a number of these little rooms Okay, and the theme is you're trying to light these rooms up with your 
with your glukes. I don't know. Um, I don't know what a glukes is, so I can't really comment on how the theme is integrated. But thematically, you're trying to light these rooms up. At the end of the game, whoever has the most pips within that room, so whoever has the most pips on their chips in that room is going to score four points second place is going to score two points you're going to do each of these rooms and whoever has the most points wins simple um where the kind of the complex thinking comes in is how you place your chips on your turn is you draw a chip you always have one in your hand and when you place it the placement rules dictate that you can only place chips equal to the amount of pips of a chip already placed on the board so if i have a five on the board i would count i should mention i guess this is a grid board that would probably help. It's a gridded board. I don't know how many across or up and down or whatever. Anyways, so if I place a five, I can count five spaces out from that chip either east, west, north, or south, orthogonally, okay? And that's where I place my next chip. And I could place, if I placed a one there from that chip, that chip now gives me the ability to place one space around that chip, okay? So you're trying to create this network of light. So I guess thematically it is like you're reflecting light um, throughout the rooms, etc. cetera. Um, and you can block other people by putting them in their paths. You can cover up other people's chips. Um, really interesting decisions throughout. And like I said, it's super crunchy. Like placing your chip is fine but then you start doing the maths and you're like oh if i place a five here you know matt could block me this way and this way and you kind of have to set up a couple of turns ahead to get into the different rooms um and that's what i really liked about it because while it was tactical it did have a strategic outlook that i could kind of plan for it wasn't just always turn by turn even though the turns kept things a bit in flux um at all times i still had an idea of okay i know matt can't come here to do this this and this um and you did have some information based on knowing that everyone has eight of each of these three types of chips so you could kind of do that as well so um i I really liked it um i got this on their queen games holiday sale like everything was like 12 bucks and i picked this one up on a whim because i had heard a couple of good things about it and i too like to dabble in the abstracts every once in a while and uh really happy i did this one's gonna stick around you got this game for 12 bucks i did it's back up to like 40 something now that is a steal this game is awesome i i don't know you do you feel like this would have appeal to non-abstract game players? It feels pretty chunky and abstract. I don't think you're luring anybody in if they're not um, into... I mean, we play with mom, and mom's not a huge abstractor. Yeah. And I think she I think she was frustrated at first by it, but she finished like second place or something like that. She did really well, and she beat me. I mean, she crushed me. And I think yeah, once she it clicked, great. she got she got into it a little more. And I think she didn't she even say yesterday, why don't we play that game we played on Christmas? She did. She asked about it and I was trying to explain it to her and she had no idea what I was talking about until I showed her the box. And then she's like, Yeah, 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 that one. Oh yeah, Glukes. Glukes. Glue X. It's Glue X, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, she she enjoyed it and that was cool because it's a tough game to get into. It is chunky and the early decisions feel ambiguous and then a couple turns in you want to go back and change how you opened and it seems like a game that could really benefit from repeated plays in that you could even though you're randomly kind of drawing a token out of the bag and that doesn't allow you to really kind of set up an opening necessarily you can still try to plan like you said strategically uh you know my long-term goal is to kind of move around like this or maybe focus in this area capture this room i was trying to like invade all corners of the board so at one point i had tried to travel all the way across to mom's like home starting space and see if i could take that over because a lot of people weren't protecting their starting spot uh, i really liked the blocking i liked the ability to cover up and how covering up someone's token can really shut things down and, and give you a lot of good control. So we entered situations where there was, it was almost like a game of chicken, where it was like, okay, if I place here, you're going to cover me up. But if I wait and you place there, then I can cover you up. And then the rest of the game, nobody ever played there because it would just kind of cascade into multiple opportunities to score and move around and things like that. So I, I really enjoy it. I think that's a steal of a price. And it's not a terribly fancy game to look at, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot going on aesthetically or component-wise, but it's got that simplicity that abstract games, uh, it's focused on gameplay, and I really like that. So, I don't know, Tiff, how, how are we selling it on you? Mm. <laughs> the the five-second pause to a... Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if someone brought it over, I'd play it. It yeah. doesn't sound terrible, and both of you liked it, which is always a good sign, but, you it's know... True. I'm really not an abstract gamer, so I think your theory of, like, is this going to appeal to a non-abstract gamer? Well, not with not with the description, I don't think. 
What does it look like? I wonder. It's not very it's green. very colorful. Ooh, I like colors. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it feels like uh it doesn't have like a retro aesthetic, but it's got like that weird color palette of the late eighties. Like it's very rainbowy isn't it i'm look. i'm looking at it now in, yeah. in like an electric sense it's because it's light it, and yeah. it's <clears throat> it's got like a teal and a pink yeah. and that's very 80s yeah so yeah i could see it i bet mm. is it is it 1985 <laughs> does it look like wow. 1985 it doesn't look like 1985 no oh. i don't know i would try it. it i mean it's you guys liked it so that's good it's super simple but but glucks you can play you, okay glucks we'll end it there Gluxy. Go play Glux. Glux. Yeah. Tiff, what in the world is Ninjato? I feel like that sounds familiar. Yeah, please tell uh, me about this game that I've owned and never played. It's a worker placement game, and it's a game that I have owned and never played <clears throat> since 2011. <laughs> wow. I bought I bought it. I bought it. Yeah. So it's... I bought it in 2011, sold it, and then bought it again later. Like, like that's how bad I am with this game. It's like a curse. Like, I really wanted to play it, and then I didn't want to play it, and now I want to play it. So, uh, it was from Z-Man Games back in the day, and it's themed in, like, 12th century Japan, so I can see why Dan picked it up. It's beautiful. Like, that's the thing. The board is just, like, a beautiful work of art, and... It's pretty basic worker placement just with like a couple of little twists, which are fun twists. There's, first of all, I should say that your workers are giant wooden shuriken. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And (laughs) you are supposed to be these different clans in Japan and you're going around to raid their houses and further your power. So when you place your worker, there are a couple different spots, but the main spots, you pl- you place it on a house, and the house has some treasures in it, and you can place it on the fighting side or the sneaking side, and then you also have these cards that have numbers on them. And if you place it on the fighting side, when you are fighting the guard there, you have to play a card that's higher than his number if you do it on the sneaky side lower than his number and then you can keep going there are usually three treasures on each location but more can be added if you trigger alarms and things like that so you you it's kind of like a push your luck situation to see because you're revealing these different numbered guards and you may or may not have the cards to beat them but once you decide you're sneaking you have to sneak the whole way through and you can't switch to fighting and there are some special ability cards that you can do that with. But anyway, that's the fun part about it. And there's the treasures you draw from a bag. So I like drawing from a bag. I do like drawing <laughs> from a bag. I do really like drawing from a bag. So it adds that little like fun, ooh, what's this treasure going to be? And then you trade the treasures in to like influence diplomats. And, and in the end, you have these scoring rounds where the person who has the majority of the power in each clan gets points. You get a choice between points or these other cards which i can't remember what they're called it's just they're they're multiplier cards that that you you're doing a set collection deal where the more diplomats you have then you multiply it by this so you kind of have a choice between just straight out points and these multiplier cards so i don't know it has a lot of like interesting interaction i really think it would be good after multiple plays our first play was kind of rough because the rule book isn't wonderful (laughs) i think it would have been better if i had i have prepared to play this game several times but you know it it had been so far apart that i had forgotten all of it it would be a good one to learn from a video i think i don't think it's a good one to learn from the rule book it's hard what was the runtime on it Mm, it's supposed to be an hour I, I think you could get it down to an hour for sure. Like now that we know how to play it, we could definitely get it down to an hour. It was mm-hmm. pr- it was at least an hour and a half. I don't really remember because I've blocked out how many times we had to look at the rule book. We kept saying like, oh, if this had player aids, player aids. Oh, if the world had more player aids, how good we'd yeah, be. Yeah, I don't know. I never remember thinking this way, but like I've needed it more and more as I age. Player aids. Yeah, as nineteen eighty five gets further and further away from you. Yeah, you need more true. and more player aids. But I think it's a good game. I think there are some fiddly 
things to it that that are a little unnecessary maybe but once you get it going it's fine and i'd like to play it again so it was a good purchase for me back in 2011 good job me strong year. go past tiff it was a strong year i i bought the mid, a lot of games that year i feel like but all right danny you are you gonna play ninjato or are you gonna sell ninjato um i think it's on my trade list right now yeah. but i mean it's not hard to pull it off of the pile and play it i didn't know if tiff's enthusiasm if you want to call it that i well oh, I i'll know. play I anything never, Japanese i never dude. sound enthusiastic it's like stone age-esque interesting that's what i heard yeah in so. terms of like weight and complexity yeah okay. yeah yeah i think it's around that level of things and i remember like my first play of stone age being like this is like this little technology collecting thing is stupid and i ignored it and i think there were parts of the game that we kind of Everybody was ignoring a different part of the game, so that made it interesting. Because they ha- they, there are these special ability cards that let you know, like, oh, you can add plus one anytime, and you tap it and you use it. Mm-hmm. And my husband used, like, got a whole bunch of those, and he ended up winning, and everybody else kind of ignored them. So there are just different pieces and parts that, that once you play with all of them, I'm sure it's really great. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, I had the fortune, misfortune, I had an experience gaming. Uh, I got to play Dead of Winter, The Long Night, Dumb. so that's a, Next that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> this is not the game that I want to... What'd you say? No, I was just joking. I didn't hear you. Oh, I said dumb next game. <laughs> yeah. So this is not a game that I want to talk at length about, but I'm going to at least detail the experience very quickly. So Dead of Winter, Long Night ha- has some extra modules and new people that you can add into the game. We added the Raxon pharmaceutical module, which I think is like where the disease started thematically. So you play this three round intro game to introduce you to how Raxon works and what you do. Uh, we played a total of five, count them, five player turns in a three-player game, so Ben only got to go once. Uh, we had close to eight people die, and we immediately lost the game. It took longer to set up than it did to play. Oh. Yes. Not a strong experience, and still we had no encounter cards or crossroad cards go off. It just emphasizes the fact that Dead of Winter has the high probability of just being a total crapshoot sometimes when you play it. Like, it just, we we rolled a bunch of tooth instant kills, the virus spread, we got overwhelmed with zombies, we had a betrayer, and the betrayer did enough work to kind of, like, run us into the ground. It just was an absolute mess, and yeah, I Sounds like a real apocalypse situation. Yeah. It was, honestly, I think it was, like, Dan's style of Dead of Winter, though. Like, let's let's get this done with. (laughs) So, you wouldn't recommend buying Long Night, then? I cannot weigh in, honestly, on, like, making a purchase decision. I just, like, Dead of Winter continues to be, I think, polarizing in our group, at least, because I've had, like, mixed experience with it. I don't hate it. Ben really likes it. Dan hates it. Like, it's just, I I never can seem to nail down a consistent kind of play with this game. Yeah, I've had really bad experiences with it, but also one really good one. It's a weird one. Yeah. I just don't like getting into a game Forrest Gump (laughs) style and not knowing what I'm going to get. Oh, okay. Yep. But anywho, moving forward, a game that we got to play and that I did like, and it looks like Dan also got to play. Did you play uh, Venus with Steve, Dan? I did. Yeah. Steve got his hands on one of the deluxe Kickstarter versions of Vinos from Vital Acerta, and we got a play of it. It sounds like Dan and Steve got a play of it. Uh, Dan, what do you think? I really enjoyed this game. Um, I liked it. It's probably, I don't know, if I had to rank his games that I've played, it's probably last yeah and we played the new version which seems to streamline things a little bit more than the old version from what i've heard takes a few areas off the board um and actions and stuff like that super pretty obviously it's a eagle griffin production in their giant box so those games have always been pretty damn good looking yeah i i don't i liked it but i'm gonna go out on a li- i think i like viticulture more if i'm gonna pick one of the wine games yeah i they still have yet similar to play things in like so. the aging of the wine and yeah this one was it was okay like it was it was super simple like once the, the rules were explained i was like oh this isn't this is a vitalis like honestly i was expecting like the gallerist where i have to like listen to the rules for 45 minutes and then spend another 45 minutes interpreting the rules in my head then we're on turn 10 and i still don't know what i'm doing but i'm loving it and then the game's over um 
that's usually my experience with him um this one was like oh cool i get it like the first turn i was like i'm doing this and this and now i just buy this and i went super simple not a very complex game i bought two i bought three vineyards in total one i just did cheapy wines with like you know your your Sutter Homes your Franzia box wines that's what I was doing didn't upgrade it at all just used that to throw away for the bonus tokens and then I had two powerhouse vineyards that just churned out like tens and yeah. I traded those in for points and money and I don't know I get uh, I mean obviously theme doesn't really matter to me all that much but if I was going to compare it to obviously viticulture being the natural comparison because they're both like the big winemaking games thematically speaking I like I like more mechanical elements of viticulture than I did of Vinyos. They had a couple of again very similar ones but it wasn't bad I liked it I'm not I'm I'm happy I'm not, I'm not mad that I didn't back it you know save myself 140 bucks or whatever but yeah it was it was fine i liked it i I crushed it like i won handedly with my three wine strategy um but it wasn't i don't know i I felt it could be a little more satisfying but it wasn't horrible i'd like to try the old version and see how they've changed it yeah we looked through the old version rules on the board and it i don't know that it adds that much more complexity i don't think you're gonna like get a whole lot more meat it just seems to be a, a different game like it plays out differently It It focuses a lot more on the expert tiles and things like that. Yeah, I wanted to see a little more from that that piece of the game. So that would be interesting. Um, Yeah. I remember There's also a ton of expansions in that box. So there might be some... We played with one. It just added a new location. Like, they're really simple um, expansions. They're nothing too um, strenuous as far as setup or rules or anything like that. But it was quick for what it was, I think. It could be, that's a game you could easily probably play in like 60 minutes if everyone's just churning because it's only yeah, got like I think eight turns or something. 12. Well, yeah, 12 so 12, 12 yeah. actions, six six turns. Oh, yeah, yeah, six turns, 12 actions, sorry. You get two turns per thing. But I think it's it's there's a disconnect between the presentation and the production value. Obviously, it was a deluxe edition, but the, the big box, all the fancy components, you get all this out. It takes a while to, not a while to set up, but it takes a good bit of time to kind of get moving. And you see this big, vast uh, board in front of you with all these locations, all these chits and fun things. And then the game is fairly straightforward. You just kind of buy your things and upgrade your things and churn out some wine and either sell it for money, sell it for points, put it in the festival. Like it, the the pathway to success is seems very linear. Uh, you know, it's kind of like I got to do A to get B. And then once I have B, I can send that to here, here, here kind of thing which is fine like i think that it'd be a fun game to like you said in kind of 60 minutes 90 minutes get a good efficiency engine going yeah it's it's perfectly fine yeah it i for me i guess because i've i started my lacerta journey more so at the the end and this was i think this was like his first design or his first kind of complex euro design yeah um so kind of seeing where he is now versus this like i think i was going in expecting you know my, my expectation levels was a little bit different and then mm-hmm. when i got into it i was like oh this is yeah. it like i was like yeah. expecting like the whole game i went through it going i must be doing something wrong like this doesn't seem that hard um, so i mean it's not that that was a bad that was a bad thing i think i just I, I set myself mentally to just be like like crashing my head into a wall um constantly but i wasn't so it was that weird feeling of did i do something wrong did yeah. i do this but this is I making wasn't. too much sense right now yeah so yeah it was it was it was way too easy for me to understand so yeah i'd play it again i have no i have no issues with the game it was fine this fits in what i consider to be like the tiff weight tiff you always describe yourself as liking the 60 minute euro you like you know, like some theme and some good aesthetics like this. I like having games like this in my back pocket to kind of pull out when I don't want to spend three hours playing a Euro, but I also want to get something more on the Euro side. Like, I feel like this fits right in there. Um, even though the the price tag is definitely not representative of that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there was a time that I thought about buying this, but <coughs> I don't know. Yeah. I got scared off by the board. It's it's not bad. I mean, it looks like Dan and I have said it looks like way more than it is, and then the, it's very the compartmentalized. It, it makes sense. Almost useless. Like that whole left side of the board. Like putting those discs there. It's like okay, I have this vineyard, so you can visually represent where yeah. you are. But there's no need for it. Like you could have cut that whole left side of the board off. Almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's much more. Like I said, it's much more intimidating to look at than it is to play. Mm. And well, that's um, good to know. But it is pretty. 
but that price tag, ooh wee! If you want the if you want the version with the expansions and everything, it's going to cost you like no thanks. 30. It's insane. Yeah. Steve Plus managed shipping. to <laughs> to acquire it for much cheaper than that, and I think that he got a really good deal. But it is pricey. Yeah, if Steve didn't own it, I don't think I would add it to my collection. Yeah, even though I've been collecting a lot of his <laughs> games, but again. I just, it's too much. It's that 120 plus like $25 shipping. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. And it's Eagle Griffin. So you don't see a lot of uh, sale. So it's true. That was, uh, so Vinyos was a game that kind of I wanted to bring up and talk about, but I kind of pulled you in, Dan. Is there anything else that you have played that you really wanted to chat about? Um, no, we can get on with the show. Yeah. I've got T- some stuff for the back pocket. All right. But... Tiff, how about you? Anything else on your mind in nope. terms of gameplays? Actually, let, no, no, let's talk. Let's talk quickly. Let's talk quickly about Saloon Tycoon. Ooh, I want to hear about this. All right. Oh. Uh, you don't. <laughs> I kidding. just got, I got an Instagram message or a comment on my Saloon Tycoon post from last night. That is disagreeing with my opinion. So let's. Uh, I'm re- I'm primed and ready to discuss this. So Saloon Tycoon is a game from I guess it's Van Ryder Games and Rob Couch from the Building the was it the Building the Podcast podcast Building the Game Building podcast. the Game podcast Yes, Building the Game podcast Yes, great guy, I love Rob. What's up? Um, this is this was a Kickstarter did really really well. Um, I won this in the board game marathon down in North Carolina. I've Put in one ticket into the box just on a whim and it pulled out. So, uh, yay. So in this game, you're basically building up your little personal, um, I guess, western town. Um, and it's got a, a similar feel to something like Pagoda, if you've played that, um, where it's actually you're physically putting layers down, putting little um, cubes and then stacking. So you're, it gives it a nice kind of visual presence. Um, and that I really liked about it. And that's what kind of intrigued me about it. Um, cause I don't think this normally would have been my kind of game. And even Matt was like, you opened this when you want it. Like, I was like, he thought I would have just turned around and sold it right away. But yep. I, I really like the kind of, I like the spatial physical element of it, which is really cool. So in this game, you're basically trying to score the most points and you're going to do that by building different levels to your saloon, to these other buildings. And as you build these different floors on your buildings, there are objective cards that you can meet. And there's also these little town people that you can attract when you build certain buildings and they come into your tableau and become points at the end of the game. Or in some instances, there are um, negative people that come into your uh, tableau and they wreak havoc on what you can do, make it a little more expensive, things like that. So that's kind of the gist. Um, But the whole driver of this game is these tycoon cards. Um, And you're going to be playing these cards to gain extra action to gain gold, to gain supply cubes that you can use, the cubes being the ones that help you build the building. Um, and when you complete the, the cube spaces on a floor, so if there's a, a, on a big building, there's four cube spaces. If you put all four cubes down, you've considered to finish that building or that floor, you score it, um, and you get other bonus, like a bonus action immediately, what's on the tile. And that's kind of the game. You kind of go until there are no more cubes left in the supply and the game's over um, at that point. And whoever has the most points wins. So for me, I was just, I'm just lukewarm on it. I just, I, the card, and this is just my personal experience, the cards I drew into were just not that interesting. And when I did draw into fun cards and got to do like some turns where I got to combo and like build this building and get its special action and turn that special action into more cubes on my other building that I started to play. Like that was fun. And I see, I saw that, but I didn't see that enough. I wanted to see that kind of experience, that feeling more. It was just a bunch of random draw the card. If I didn't draw into what I wanted, I had to waste an entire action to draw out of it. Like there was no kind of, you just got to draw cards. Like you had to waste your action to draw the cards kind of thing. So that on top of the kind of the randomness of the deck, it, it just, I don't know. It Overall, it, it soured me a bit on it um, just from that piece of it. But like I said, there were moments where I saw like a really fun game in it like and I was okay with it, uh, but it just wasn't enough. That's kind of how I feel, kind of the middle of the pack for me. At the time of this recording, it's January 2nd, and Saloon Tycoon is the worst game I've played all year. <laughs> wow. Strong. <laughs> This guy's been hanging out with me too much over the holiday period. He's getting strong in these opinions. This game is a waste of time. And I feel bad because I've only played it once. But you play enough games. You know enough about games. You understand. Dan and I have been talking repeatedly about how first experiences, we've we've become seasoned enough to at least make 
an opinion, and maybe that opinion can be changed or disproven across multiple plays, but after one play, I found this game to be a waste of my gaming time. I spent an hour doing, taking actions that felt meaningless, player interaction that you couldn't do anything to stop or retaliate against, really. I mean, I'm taking three gold from you, or I'm giving you this guy. Okay, cool. I guess it's happening. I'll move on with my turn. I spend my turn taking a gold or drawing cards or putting a couple blocks down. And and sometimes you got those nice chains of cards like Dan described, but you had to work to get them or you had to get lucky to get them. So you either wasted your time to draw into them or you got lucky enough on one draw to draw into them and then you had an advantage over everyone else. And my strategy wasn't strong because I played towards one of the open claim cards that gets you end of game points. And I, you know, shot myself in the foot for score wise, but that doesn't negate the fact that the buildings aren't going to change turn or game to game. We burned through the deck four or five times in the whole game. So we saw the cards repeatedly. Uh, They repeat within the deck several times. There's no, there's not enough variability in how the game is going to play out. You have a couple secret objective cards that might play into what citizens and what outlaws you're trying to get. But other than that, somebody's generally always going to be trying to get one of those people. You're going to be building the buildings. By the end of the game, you have so much income that it's so easy to get whatever you want. And it just kind of steamrolls. I just, this game, I, I don't know, maybe I'm being too harsh, Dan, but I just, I, I don't, I have no need to be playing this game right now. It just didn't do anything for me. And the building element is relatively meaningless. Like, there's nothing to the building element. You just get to build a 3D building. That's okay. That's a gimmick in my mind. Well, so. the bu- I mean, the building is the best part of the game. That part's fun. And but I it's, was what's fun we were about talking it? like I I didn't feel like I only completed like two buildings the whole game. Yeah. I was like, oh, I want to build out my town. Like, there's space to have like six or eight buildings here. You know, depending on the size. Well, and building build. out your town just means stacking four by four square cardboard or two by one square cardboard like they don't look distinct they just look like stacks of brown cardboard there's you can say yeah i've got a poker room and a billiards room and a laundry in there but really at the end of the day what at the end of the game you have three stacks of brown cardboard and i have three stacks of ground or brown cardboard yeah, but there's no personality to your tycoon or saloon tycoon well there's i mean the different shapes obviously how you go about it i i'm not there's I'm not two arguing shapes. that point, but it's a, think of something like Pagoda. I Pagoda, all the buildings look the same. They all look, you know, when you build it. Um, but they stack but for differently. Me, like, there's co- they're colorful. They don't stack differently. They're all and it's fours. a it's a small two player game. It's not a four player hour long experience. No, I get it. But I'm saying like in Pagoda, like at least I was I was building like, and that's what the game focused on. This one I think had a couple of extraneous elements that just took away from it. And I think the card play was my biggest my biggest problem with the game. I think it could have been done differently to keep it you know a little more interesting because I. Like I had like this, I saw the same cards that were useless in my situation like six times. Yeah, and all I wanted to draw into was either the extra actions or I wanted to draw into the the cube card or the gold card. Like the other cards that had like the text, like mm-hmm. the special buildings, and those became meaningless towards the middle of the game because I could already get those special buildings without needing to negate yeah. the you know the special power or whatever it was the the prerequisite. Sorry. Um, so yeah, and but yeah, and I liked the the comboing element of like when you finished the the building, you got the points plus you got that little bonus action. Like I said, I liked that, but yeah, it just didn't. There was there was there was moments of fun, but it just overall it didn't come together. I was gonna say I've told I've talked about this before, but I played a earlier prototype of this at Origins a while back, and I've been really curious to see how the final game turned out because as much as I love a Western theme, and you know I'm crazy about it. And I like the idea of building a 3D board. It has a lot of elements that I would like in a game, but that play was not particularly fun and a little frustrating. And and it sounds like a lot of the things that you guys are bringing up were present in that prototype that kind of like things are being done to me and I can't retaliate or do anything about like in that early prototype the things that were being done to you were really mean and devastating so it sounds like they fixed that so that's good but like the idea of I know what Matt's talking about like yeah you put in all these different rooms and that's cool like I the idea of like oh here's here's a poker room and here's a toilet and all these different things but it does look the same in the end my my town was severely <laughs> lacking toilets <Damn. laughs> everybody's just going on the side of the building that's very authentically western i think 
it's very deadwood but um yeah i don't know like it's true like it it does end up looking the same and i don't think it can be helped really but i could see that being like a little bit of a letdown and and it kind of was like oh the building is the fun part but i'm not doing it enough and it's not focused enough on it and it's not it sounds like that stayed the same and don't even get me started. This is not... If you like this kind of Western theme, Tiff, get out of here. Because this is like that hokey, like, overly done... Everything's, like, written out in Southern Western drawl with, like, missing letters in the middle of every word. And it's, like, super hokey and kind of dumb. And I I get that that can be fun. And with the right couple, you know, right people or maybe a lot of beer, you can kind of... I but I was so mad like the gameplay wasn't engaging so all I had to lean on was like well let's just read the flavor text I'm like this flavor text is <laughs> awful I don't like this I make it go away I would be into a more authentically western theme but I you know I wouldn't write this off if you guys both didn't like it I yeah go ahead and play it I who am I to say that games are bad. It but just I concerns just, me I, that the stuff you're bringing up is stuff that was... It's the same stuff that was being said after that yeah. prototype. I mean, it was a, it was a, used to be a really mean game. So at least it's not that anymore. They've improved that. Yeah. And we had just played Great Western Trail. You want to talk about a Western game? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. So good. Uh, well, that's bad timing for Saloon Tycoon, then. I understand Dan's claim about mediocrity. It's just coming full force. Oh, most games are just okay. I mean, we know this, right? Yeah. This one didn't hide it well. Need fancier coins or something like that. But Boom. This is a great segue because I think one of Matt's resolutions for this year is to <laughs> be me. And it's awesome. It's actually my only resolution. I think it's that should be, be everyone's resolution. <laughs> follow you around. more like Dan. No, don't do that. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and come back and chat about the new year. Join us for that. All right, everyone, we are back, and it is time to recap some of our New Year's gaming resolutions from last year and uh, chat a little bit about maybe how we want to be different, since it is, as Dan always says, a new year and it's time to be a new me. Or at least pretend to be a new me, and then at the end of the year realize that you're just the same person that you were before. But that's okay. doesn't hurt to try. So uh, Dan has here in the show notes, I like this idea, uh, just spit it out, a little spitball. Does anybody have any memorable moments from 2016? And this isn't like the best game of the year or anything, we'll do that some other time. But like anything gaming related or hobby related that really stuck out to you? Dan, anything in your mind? Like. My particular memorable moment, I guess, would probably be Unpub for me. Yeah. Um, because as we'll see, one of my resolutions was to get a table at Unpub and design a game for Unpub. And I'm I'm usually a pretty laid back person, but I haven't been that nervous in a long time. And it was so awesome to just sit down and play my game like eight or nine times with a bunch of random people that I never met and get constructive feedback, um, which was overall positive and it was even when the people that didn't really like understand what i was doing or not like it kind of thing like they were still helpful and it was no one was rude or impolite like it was it was a really cool experience like i was I, like i said i was super nervous i still am kind of when i show like design stuff but um yeah it was really it was a nice experience i recommend on pub to anyone yeah is it in baltimore again it is march 17th the weekend of saint patrick's day come see us drink some green beer and play some games tiffany b any memorable gaming moment what was your i think you only played one game all year Mm -hmm. right so what was that Uh memorable gaming moment (laughs) i know this is it's like a stupid one it's kind of like a random one but like playing classic at gen con this year i think it was my highlight of the year just like i and, and it's sad because i'm forgetting names too darn it but the the john there we go there we go john introduced me to clask and i played it with him for several hours and with dan patrice who threw a fit when i beat him many 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 times until he finally did win and then he was fine so i don't know it was just i i look back on that that's the thing that kind of sticks out is like i tried something different because i entered a tournament and and i don't know i had a lot of fun with it so yeah that's my moment. That's the thing. Awesome. 
Yeah, I think my moment was probably when uh, when Craig came to town. He traveled all the way out from Ohio and spent the weekend, and we played a crap ton of games. I think we played like 26 games over the week, maybe less than that. I don't know, something like that, but it was a good time, and it was just nice to reach out, you know, a guy that I met through the hobby who was basically a complete stranger, probably could have <laughs> murdered me in my sleep and left with my TV or something no like offense, that, but, but you know, Craig it was nice. That kind of guy. <laughs> That's true, he does. Yeah, he's when he came Ohio. to visit me, he took a nap yeah. in a Walmart parking lot. So I think that was that's that's the kind of guy that would come to your house and murder you, right? The kind of guy that would yeah, sleep in a Walmart. Exactly, and I and I welcomed him in with open arms. So wait, now if he would have parked if he would have parked in the Target parking lot, yeah, are we talking well, a that's story that's would have been a little classier. classier. Obviously. Now, maybe like if he had gone over to Kohl's, that's super classy if you're sleeping in a Kohl's parking lot. Ooh, Kohl's cash. Get those deals. I had Craig over too, and it was. I I had Craig and Patrick and Kopak over, and that was a fun. We had like a day of gaming. Those guys are just fun. I'm going to invite them over again. Those guys are good. Good people. But yeah, so having them over, and I, you know, we got every thematic, (laughs) your. Ameritrash and anything we wanted to play we played and that was great because I was like it's I think it's time to hang out with Dan and play some Euro games so it it balanced it out well so that was probably a highlight of 2016 for me probably the best time uh, there was also a horrible game of subterfuge which we have not yet talked about but at some point we will muster up the strength to to like so horrible that. it was but that fun? happened too mm-hmm. I, okay. All right. we'll get we'll get there Tiff it was a whole week <laughs> of my life I just couldn't handle but did uh did anybody acquire a specific game or play a game that was kind of grailish or I, I mean I doubt that Clask was your grail I mean, game. It right, is Tiff? sold But at did you Target. get to buy or play anything that was awesome? Uh, this year, not so much. I think it it ties into my yep. resolutions, but yeah, I don't think that I got anything particularly like grailish. I I all my acquiring happened okay. previous to this year. Yeah. Now, Dan, you you bought and sold a lot. So, what uh, what's the best game that you got a hold of? Um, I got a I got a few out of print games this year that I've been pining for. Um, Agizia, Endeavor, uh, Pillars of the Earth with expansion, just to name a few. Like those are those are those are hard to come by, and I was very excited to add them to my collection because those are like classic staples that I just wanted to make sure was in my collection. Those won't be going anywhere. Excellent, excellent. Well, before we, uh, I, I like our next idea on how we're going to sum up 2016, but let's jump into our resolutions from last year and talk about how we did and maybe what we're planning for this year. So, Tiff, you had three resolutions. How did, did you do great, with them? I think. Okay. So, resolution number one was buy fewer games, and I definitely did that. I, I limited myself at Gen Con, and really, other than the conventions, I haven't bought much you know, just like a couple of card games here or there, a couple of pandemics here or there, but you know, nothing really major this year. I haven't really added to the collection. I stuck pretty well to my one in one out rule. And so, yeah, I, I did well on that one. The other one was to get rid of my cool mini or not stuff. And thanks to one of our lovely listeners, I was able to get rid of all of my zombie side stuff in one fell swoop. And see, that should be my That's highlight amazing. of 2016, because I got to say, it yeah. felt amazing to get rid of those games that had, they're just weighing me down and making me feel bad for not playing them. But uh, yeah, so I got rid of that. I did it. And uh, I did. And my third one was to start a video series or have a video series about starting a board game club, which I did start. And like, I, I have yeah. more ideas for that. I need to get some videos made more of those videos made but i did all three of my resolutions so bam you did how can you not do top of the stack but you can do these crazy (laughs) long-winded like big scale stuff i just like i'm like more of a a long-term thinker so what is your your long-term plan for this year um well this year i real i've been threatening to auction off my pile of shame on bgg for a really long time and i yeah, why don't we do that? <laughs> yeah, like I really need to do it because it's sitting down there. And yesterday I spent a good long time cleaning up my game shelves. And I mean, I took some things off the shelf that I know that aren't going to get played that I need to get rid of. Just a few things to, to make some room mm-hmm. for, <laughs> for more pandemics. But, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm looking <laughs> at it and I'm like, I would just give this game away. <laughs> 
I would just some of these games I would just yeah. give away to people if they paid the shipping. So why not put it up on an auction for you know a few bucks and 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 get rid of it? Or like I would donate. Like there are games that I'm donating to Board Game Club that I'm like, well, I mean, I could see the kids playing this, but they probably won't. <laughs> so I just I need a way to get rid of a bulk of games that aren't going to get played. Um, you know, so I, I, I want to do that auction. That's that's my goal. If I can just get that together this year. I, I told my husband, we're bringing the pile of shame up out of the basement. I think that's what's holding me back is because it's Uh-oh. in the basement and it's in a crawl space. So I don't have to look at it. But if it's like just put it like right, in the middle like of your if hallway, if it's sitting in my living room, I will be inventorying those games and get rid of getting rid of them. Oh, I should mention nice. this. This is another one of my highlights. See, I, I do have some highlights, but uh, I <laughs> I made a deal with Josh Mills. I'm giving him Penny Press, and he's designing me a game based on a couple of specifications. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He told me to pick like a theme or a mechanic. Like he just he pr- he reached out to me on Twitter. He's like, I'd take Penny Press. What do you want to do? And um, so I I picked like uh, I wanted something creepy and festive. So he's going with like Day of the Dead. And my my mechanism, okay. of course, is draw from a bag. So draw from a bag. Oh gosh. <laughs> he's been tweeting about it, and and he's really. I fe- I yeah. told him I feel bad because he's like putting so much effort into it, and they someone sent him these really cool components for it, and it's gonna be. It looks pretty awesome. I'm like, I need to send him more than just penny press. That guy's a machine. He's yeah, he's a great guy. He's so just... I'm really excited about what comes of that. Yeah. But I wish I could get rid of all my games that way. That's like it's exciting and fun trade away games and get in an influx of custom made yeah games i love that idea yeah uh i I hope more comes of the game than just like a fun game for me i hope it turns out being a fun game for everyone but yeah yeah so yeah i'm getting i want to get rid of my pile of shame real bad i'm like itching to get rid of it like i will give you games just contact me take my games please i'm kind of in the same boat yeah, like I just I don't want it down in my basement. I don't want the clutter. Yep. So I'm, I'm that's the goal. And then uh, my unplayed pile, like Ninjato, like games that I've had for a really long time, and I know that they're good. I did so much research, and then I acquired them, and then they've just kind of been sitting around. Some in, some still in shrink, uh, but they've just sort of been sitting around, never to be played, and it's really sad. Like when I think about Ninjato's been sitting on my shelf for like half a decade it's kind of crazy it's true so i i want to try getting those unplayed things like at least once a month playing one of those because it's so easy now that i'm not acquiring games i think it's going to be easier but like when you're cult of the newing everything and you're just constantly in flux of new games it's easy for those games to just kind of get neglected and and sit continue sitting on the shelf so i'm gonna try to make a effort to get those played and in that same vein i want to host some more game days i've taken a huge hiatus from hosting games this year uh just hasn't really worked like you know i started my masters and i haven't had the time so i've that's the first thing to go when i feel a time crunch is i cancel game night and i have friends that i haven't talked to in a long time that we used to play games so might be reaching out to them but i definitely just want to host some more game days and maybe just maybe not as like a regular game day but just like every couple of months have some people over and just have a whole day of games i'm gonna try Try to do that. And then my last one is to motivate myself to continue making videos. It's really easy for me not to make videos, but I like doing it. (laughs) Yeah, like I've just been, I felt a little discouraged this year about, I mean, I did all the things I said I was going to do video wise and I, I took a little bit of time off from Blender at the end of the year here, but I like doing all that and I want to do more of it. And I want more of my own content, like not just the Blender stuff. I want to make more of my own original stuff. And it's, yeah, so that's, those are my four resolutions, which that's is awesome. one more than I probably should make. I t- I'm good with three, but when I go past three things, you never know what's going to happen. Well, Dan and I have five, so. You and Dan are insane. <laughs> we got problems. I had a couple of resolutions. The first one was to make a resolution segment on the podcast, which I think I only did once. You did it once. And then you and Dan shamed me out of existence, and I let it go forever. 
I believe there was an exact quote of like, we don't have to do this segment anymore because we've made fun of Matt so much. And that's what happened. Oh. So that, I tried, but I, you know, do I, like a, I, don't I know. think a well, good mid-year check-in is a good idea. Like, it's still a good idea. Uh, I wanted to do a cross-podcast collaboration, which I think a lot of us have actually done. We've well, Last year, we bounced around. We were on some different podcasts. I spent a lot of time with Craig on Botch Games, and I know Dan, and I think you bounced around too, Tiff, right? You Did you guest host anywhere? I was on uh, Craig's podcast. Yes, you were. Once. That's right. So No one wants me on their podcast. Everyone wants you on their podcast. You just, you're tough to nail down. I just don't have, I maybe if I'm on steroids. That's true. You are a lot more sociable on steroids. That's a callback so. to something that's probably not going to go in this podcast. So maybe we cut that out. I don't I'll know. have to make sure it goes in. So. <laughs> Uh, so I think what I want to do, what I really wanted to do was kind of bring more people on, which we didn't do a whole lot of. No. I don't know if we did any of that, but we didn't do you know, much. We branched out, I guess. And we got, you know, we promoted a little bit. We spent some time with some of the other people in the hobby, which was cool. Uh, we did do our Pong live show a couple of times. Yeah, and I think that that's something. We need to get back into that, I think. Yeah. One of my new resolutions is to find ways to improve the content. And specifically, if we can do something fun with that video and that live show, it's so easy to, to do. We just kind of do what we always do. Do, but to find a way to make it engaging, interactive, you know, get the quality up, I, I think would be cool. Uh, I wanted to play a lot of my unplayed games, which I surprisingly did. I thought I faltered a little bit, but I went back through my feed, my Instagram feed, uh, for the whole year, and I actually did okay playing most of the games that I, I wanted to play that were unplayed. Now, I acquired some new games, <laughs> which may continue to be unplayed, so I still have a stack, uh, but I did okay. You know, I set a, a goal and uh, I think one of the things that I wanted to do was play unga- unplayed games before buying, and I did not do so well with that. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to do was trade some games, which I started the year really strong with, and then by the end of the year, I gave away a couple of games, just kind of sent them to people that wanted them, but I wasn't trading a whole lot, wasn't getting a lot in. I think I'm more like you, Tiff, and like Dan will talk about, I just want to get some stuff out of the collection, and I don't really need a whole lot in return. If you Trading is exhausting <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. If you want one of my games that I don't want, just let me know and I'll send it to you. Mm. I'm really not... Yeah, I've already spent the money. I, yeah. I'm, I'm over that. Like, uh, it's some fine. of these I can get, get rid of. Especially if you're going to play it. Like, if you're going to play it and I'm not, then crap, take it. Yeah. Have fun with Pay it. Pay me with tweets about you playing this game that's been sitting yeah. in my basement for two years. So, <laughs> uh, with the new house coming, my resolutions for this year, I want to get organized. So, I've got a space, you know, we... We tore down a wall, we carved out a great um, kind of like rec space where we're going to have a gaming table and like our TV and everything. So I've got, you know, one corner of the downstairs that I'm going to put the Calyx shelves up, have the, the nice Ikea shelves and kind of get organized. That's going to include calling some of the collections. So getting some stuff out, really honing down what I want right now. And I'll buy all kinds of stuff, I'm sure, that I may or may not like. But right now, let's assess the collection. I got this chance to call it before we move. And then, you know, I'll have a nice fresh start for the beginning of the year. I want to catalog my unplayed list and at least have that available. Because I don't even know what's unplayed these days. Find out what's unplayed so that every now and then I can pull one of those off the shelf. I want to hit some deadlines. So for the site and for the show, both writing content, producing the uh, the audio content. You know, we we operate on a very loose schedule sometimes, and I think that that's not always fair to our lovely listeners. So uh, trying to come up with some firmer deadlines and hit those deadlines, I think, would be meaningful and important. Uh, and maybe building in some breaks that make sense instead of just disappearing for a couple weeks, you know? So, uh, and the last thing I want to do is reach out and schedule some game days. So I was doing an every Friday thing, and I kind of fell off once people got busy, but maybe like once a month, get the gang in have like a league game day, crockpot game day, something like that, like get something scheduled because people do really well once I schedule things. It's the impromptu stuff that we kind of have trouble getting together. So uh, that's that's my 2017 and 2016 in a nutshell. Dan has been so silent and so patient. Dan, how's life over there? It's fine. Tell me about your 2016 and where you're heading this year. Yeah, um, I'll keep this quick because they're all pretty easy. 2016, I said stop buying so many games, which I did. Um, I think I actually sold more net than I did buy, mainly because everything I bought at conventions, I sold. As you were playing it? Some of them, yes. Um, I even sold a good crop of my Essen games that I pulled over um, and and kept the good ones. So, yeah, I did really well with that, and I'm going to continue to do well with that because I don't need any more games. Um, 
So then I wanted one rent that one game ready for unpub, which I already talked about. I did that and then play board games once a month. I don't know what my mindset for that was, but I, I usually do that. So I'm pretty sure I did that. Um, so maybe I just wasn't low. Maybe it was low hanging fruit. You just um, wanted to boost your stats. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that's how we do it, right? Yeah, well, that's true. For 2017, I'm more specific. I want to sell 50 games. So I have a list right now that I want to sell that is well over 120, including a bunch of small box games. So if I can sell half of that, I will be thrilled. Um, Second thing is I want to... So the game I designed for Unpub, my Storm Chaser game, I want to try and at least pitch it to one publisher at some point this year, just for the experience, if not anything else, just to kind of get the understanding of how the process works, how publishers kind of handle these things, what they're looking for. I just... I want that experience um, because this has been fun. So I think that's the next step. I want to design a second game. I actually have one in the works. It just needs to get on paper, um, which I'm working on. Compile an unplayed list and play all before buying new games. I'm actually going to stick to this because looking at the horizon, there's nothing I really, really want. I've got a ton of Kickstarter games that will be coming, so I don't really need to get that i've got two new splatter games coming that i ordered last january so that plus all the games i just got in trades i don't need new games right now i've got plenty of new to me games so i'm gonna make a list of the ones i haven't played and i'm gonna play them so yeah we're gonna buckle up a little bit here or buckle down buckle we're just gonna play it safe we're gonna play it safe however we do it because anytime you're buckled you're good (laughs) Uh, it's the law and the last thing is Probably the one I'll probably stick to the least, but I'll try, is to write more and or try video reviews. I've kind of, with work, taking so much of my time, and my son being pretty awesome, and I enjoy hanging out with him a lot more now that he's getting older and mobile and chatty and fun. I just, my my need to write has not been there, but I, I find myself wanting to to dabble in certain things here and there so now that work is slowed down my end of year deadlines have passed i've got a little more time to do outside stuff so that's that's all all right so that is our 2016 resolutions and our 2017 resolutions for this year and that is also the closing of the first episode of the podcast of nonsensical gamers for 2017 thank you all for joining us if you ever want to reach out to us you can do so at facebook.com slash the league of nonsensical gamers feel free to shoot us an email at podcast at nonsensical gamers.com check us out on bgg guild number 2077 ask for a some geek gold to get a tiny meeple shield micro badge check us out on instagram nonsensical gamers or me at cinnamon buns and if you enjoy the content and you want to give us some feedback you can do so on itunes that is a great way to give us some stars give us some text feedback so we can see what you like and what you don't like so we can improve the content if you want to chat with us directly the best place to do that is twitter tiff if people want to design board games for you where do they do that (laughs) I am at Inept Gamer. Dan, if people want to buy all of your games on your want to sell list, where do they do that? At Scandalous underscore Nat is my personal account, and at League Nonsense is the League's account that I run. And if you want to yell at me about sticking to my resolutions, you can do so at Cinnamon Bun spelled phonetically. Thank you all for joining us for episode 59. We will see you next time. Say goodbye. Bye. Toodles. Bye. <laughs>
I'm so glad my head's not swollen, guys. Yeah. Your uvula yeah. is Steroids not. are pretty great is what I discovered. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I took the steroids and then, like, 30 minutes later, I was back to normal and I was, like, ready to tackle the world. <clears throat> it's way better than coffee. You should you should just go steroids. Is one of your new resolutions to kick your steroid habit? <laughs> <laughs> No. Or maybe to take more steroids. Uh, you get angry. Uh, no, I felt you don't great sleep. the whole time. Well, I slept fine. It was just, I don't know. Maybe it's if you're prescribed steroids for a medical reason, it works. Mm, no. Anyway. Tiff is so timid steroids. that the adverse effects of steroids just bring her up to par with most normal people. Yeah, that's what happened. I was like, oh, look, this is how everybody feels all the time. <laughs> They're called personality pills. Yeah. Yay! I only had five days of personality in 2016, so... (laughs) Now you're back. Now I'm back to being dull and lifeless. Just bland, stick-figure tiff. Tiff takes steroids around the holiday Christmas party period. (laughs) Oh my god, you're so sociable now, Tiff. What's happened to you? I know, right? Steroids. (laughs) Social performance enhancing drugs. I love your new body hair, Tiff. It's lovely. (laughs) 